gonna cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're gonna make fun of people. We're gonna hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. So this game, Texas and Texas Tech is fantastic. Six minutes left, 69-67, Texas. And uh, it's just been back and forth like nobody's business. As far as um, Texas Tech goes, McClung's got 18, including two threes. And for Texas, Andrew Jones has 20, including four threes in the game. Coleman's got three threes. Uh, Ramey's got three threes. They got four guys in double figures, Sims, Ramey, Coleman, and Jones, all lighting it up, 69-67, Texas. Texas 10-1 going into this game. The Red Raiders, Texas Tech 10-3, six left. Great game in Austin. You knew this was going to be a good one tonight. I had Texas. It went down to, I think, uh, uh, one and a half. It was originally three. I was even willing to lay the three. One and a half I was a lot more comfortable with. Two-point game right now. I gave you Boise State as uh, my number two play tonight on PharrellOnTheBench.com. Boise blowing out Wyoming 86-66 right now with three minutes left. I gave you Louisville uh, to win. They beat Wake 77-65 on the road in Winston-Salem. Virginia at home. In Charlottesville, handled Notre Dame 80-68. to Notre Dame was getting 10.5. They didn't cover. Florida State just absolutely whacked NC State in Tallahassee. 105-73 blowout there for the Knowles. Auburn racked up Georgia in Athens 95-77. I was surprised about that. VCU, I hit 84-77 over GW. I had GW plus 10. Furman, I gave you to win. Citadel plus 14.5. Final Furman, 94-88. Double cover on both sides there. Ohio State, a winner over Northwestern. I grabbed the 8. They didn't cover. They lost by 10. 81-71. I hit Ohio State on the money line. UMass, I gave you in an upset, getting one and a half from Rhode Island. They beat him in Amherst, 80-78 to in overtime. I watched the end of that game. Rhode Island had a runner to tie it at the end of the game. It rolled off the rim, and UMass won it. I gave you Wichita State, minus one and a half. They beat Tulsa easily, 72-53. I gave you George Mason to win. Over LaSalle, 75-42, blew him out. I gave you Dayton to win over Duquesne, 72-63. Arkansas I went with tonight at LSU, but the Tigers blew out the Hogs, 92-76 in Baton Rouge. I gave you Wofford to win, and VMI plus five. Wofford won it, 80-78, double cover there. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Tonight on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California and on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network now on satellite. 
Good to have you with us on a bench. I'm Pharrell. You might remember me back in a day on Howard 101 on Sirius. From the beginning, I was on the Howard Stern channels. It was badass. It's great to be back on Sirius. I gave you Chattanooga tonight, 83 to 80 over Mercer. That hit. And then uh, late, just checked in, A&M won at Starkville against Mississippi State. They beat them 56-55. I got burned on that one. Mississippi State was laying six. Overall, another strong night with a lot of winners. 69-68 Texas on top of Texas Tech. Now, let's go back to this um, whole thing with, you know, the Rockets. You know, John Wall, he said basically, look, in not so many words, this guy's, uh, you know, Harden's been a pain in the ass since the jump. Let's listen to John Wall. John, you, like, you, like you mentioned, it's only been nine games. There's a lot of basketball to be played. But for right now, how, have you, how do you assess the partnership between you and James on the court um, being able to play off of each other? Uh, I think it's been a little rocky. Can't lie about that. I mean, I don't think it's been the best it could be. To be honest, that's all I really could say. Well, I, what he really wanted to say is he couldn't stand playing with him. I don't think anybody could. And it's crazy uh, how he, uh, you know, acted and behaved, didn't show up. And then when he played, he went through the motions. I mean, I thought Harden was just an absolute D in uh, his last days in Houston. I thought that presser he did after the game last night uh, I thought he acted like a tool. And then we were talking to Mitch Lawrence about George Hill complaining. He says he basically doesn't want to play at all with all these rules and such. I don't believe in rules. I mean, we want to play the game. This is what we love to do. Um, but at the same time, if we're casting all these rules of this and that, maybe they need to reevaluate what we're doing. Um, if it's that serious where you're telling guys they can't leave a room. Um, Well, there you go. So George Hill isn't happy. I think he's just not happy playing in OKC. He's been miserable since he ended up there. It's for all on the bench. Pick it up, dial it, and dance. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Texas up 74-71 right now. Two and a half left in Austin. I'll keep our eyes on that one. So anyway, I was watching uh, hockey tonight. I don't know if you're into it. Uh, We are. Mafia is. I know he loves it. Carver High loves it. I love it. And, uh, you know, when it all started... 
Um, obviously, today on Coast to Coast, I said, you know, the Penguins and Flyers were the first game. The Penguins scored the first goal. I was on uh, Sports Grid today. I said, I'll take the Flyers. I think they're better than the Penguins. I thought they were better than the Penguins last year. I thought they were better in the um, hubs, the postseason. Uh, they eventually uh, lost to the Islanders. But I thought, you know, they handled their business with Montreal. I thought, you know, the Penguins couldn't handle Montreal. Montreal beat the Penguins. And then in that game tonight, it was 3-all. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Flyers exploded and ended up uh, kicking the Penguins' ass 6-3. Tanev tied it in the third period, three minutes in, to make it 3-all. Then uh, Raffle scored, made it 4-3 at 537. Konecki, uh, 5-3. At the 12-minute mark, and then that was 12-14, and at 12-34, Kevin Hayes made it 6-3. So it was like bang, 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 and it was over. And they won it uh, 6-3. So Philadelphia starts with a uh, win. Gustafson had two assists. Farabee had a goal and three assists. Hayes had a goal and an assist. Crosby scored a goal for Pittsburgh. Tanev had a pretty goal, but uh, the Flyers win that one. How about this one? Uh, the Leafs ended up winning in overtime over the Canadians, 5-4. to four, And it was a wild game. Riley won it in overtime from Tavares and Matthews, 324 into the extra session. It's great that hockey's back. How about this? Montreal led 3-1 to one in this game. Suzuki had scored... On a power play, made it one zip at 12.49 of the first. Nylander tied it up at 15.56. Anderson scored with about 20 seconds left in the period to make it 2-1 going to the second. Then 7.20 into the second, Tatar uh, scores on the power play to make it 3-1. They're up 3-1, and they blew it. They let Nylander score at 18 minutes, made it 3-2. And then before the end of the period, Tavares, both of them, Nylander and Tavares on power plays, made it 3-all. Jesus, how many power plays did they give him? And then uh, Anderson gave him the lead again. Anderson, he gave him the lead at 2-1. Then he gave him the lead at 4-3 a minute into the third period. But then VC scored to tie it at fours. From Nylander, 10 and a half minutes into the period. And then it went to overtime where Riley scored the winner, 324 in, and the Leafs steal at 5-4. Wayne Simmons got in a fight in this game, so it had everything, some fisticuffs. I bet on the Canadians Mafia today, and I uh, I got to tell you, you're up 3-1 to one and 4-3. to three. You got to win that game. You got to close the deal. I didn't think Montreal played uh, bad at all. You're up... Three to one and four to three. Got to win the game. It's that simple. There's no getting around it. And you know, I didn't watch the game, so we have footage actually of uh, Claude Julian, the uh, <laughs> uh, coach, yelling at the players as they blew the lead. Here we go. I don't want to swear, but what the bleep are you doing, dude? Unbelievable footage of Claude Julian yelling. We also have footage uh, going back to the Flyer game. Uh, we have the conversation the Flyers had with each other on the bench when the game was tied, and then all of a sudden, after they had this chat with one another on the bench, uh, they went on for the three-goal win. This is the Flyers team 
kind of a, like a little teen powwow. I hate ties. They're like kissing your brother. So I think they talked about French kissing your brother. And then uh, everybody got on their horse and they won the game. So that was incredible. Uh, Nylander with two goals and an assist. Tavares a goal and two assists. Anderson two goals for Montreal. But the Leafs steal it at home 5-4 in overtime. Now, the Stanley Cup champion Lightning opened their season against the young Blackhawks with their coach, uh, Colleton, just signed to a new two-year deal. They went out and got their ass beat by Tampa. They quasi-lifted the banner. They want to wait until their fans are there to do it officially. But they had some kind of banner up there down by the ice. And 77-75, Texas. They missed the free throw. Still up to 54 seconds left. Anyway, 5-1 Tampa. Palat, the first goal on the doorstep, a power play goal uh, on a rebound. Kicked it over from his right foot to his stick on the left side and got it around the goalie. And then uh, it was uh, Subban is, was playing in goal for Chicago. Joseph scored to make it 2-0 from Sorelli and Killorn. And then Sorelli scored to make it 3 nothing. This was all in the first period. 10 and a half in, 16 in, 17-57 in. So they led 3 nothing after one. Then Stamkos on the power play. He's back from all of his injuries. Remember, he played in the Stanley Cup Finals against Dallas for about one shift. And on that shift, he scored a goal. So Stamkos from uh, Braden Point and Victor Hedman. And then Braden Point in the third. Scored. By the way, the Stamkos goal was at 9.56. In the third, 6.45 in. Point on the power play from Sergachev and Stamkos, 5 nothing. And then Strom gets a squeaker between uh, the legs uh, to end the shutout bid. 5-1. Blackhawks get the goal. Boquist and Shaw. Uh, Texas Tech just tied it up at 77s with 36 seconds left and a timeout. And... Um, by the way, in terms of uh, that game, we have footage. The Lightning telling Chicago they were going to kick their ass during uh, pregame warm-ups. This is unbelievable footage. Let me tell you something. Me and you, one-on-one, no one else around. I will beat your ass like a Cherokee drum. That is uh, you know, unbelievable that we were able to obtain that footage from the ice mafia doing a great job he's got microphones all over the league you know you hear a lot of this uh wired up players we don't have that we just have microphones planted all over the ice rinks around the nhl that gary bettman didn't know we implemented we snuck those in in the middle of the night and it's paying off in spades for us you could tell And then right now, the Blues lead the Avalanche with a minute left in the first in Rado. Of course, the Avalanche have been picked to win the Stanley Cup. Nice start for them down (laughs) 2-1. So uh, Blues get the first goal 13 minutes in. Kiru and then Sunquist made it. um, Oh, I guess, wait. Uh, so, uh, Burakovsky scored first for Rado. They led 1-0. Then Sunkvist tied it up at 9:32, And then Kiru scored at 13:15 to give him the 2-1 lead. So, the go-ahead goal there from Sanford and Sons and Bozak. Blues lead it 2-1 with 40 seconds left in the first period. 
I'm going to watch that game as soon as this game with Texas and Texas Tech's over. 20 seconds left and rolling. Tie game. They get the jumper. Brick. And Texas Tech gets the rebound. They got a chance to win this game now with 10 seconds left, bringing it over half court. We'll see if they can do it. They're not going to call a timeout. They're going to go for it here. Three bomb. Base. He drains it from three, and they lead it 80 to 77 with two seconds left. Clutch, Texas Tech. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. So at the end of this game, they took one of the points off of the board for Texas Tech on McClung's three. They said his uh, toe hit the line. He's the kid that transferred from Georgetown to Lubbock to play for the Red Raiders, and uh, he's really clutch. He's been great for him ever since he got down there, and uh, he hit the big shot. Three seconds left. Texas Tech's up a, a pair, 79-77 in Austin over Texas. And a great finish there. By the way, Mavi, have you ever noticed uh, Shaka, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, let me rock and let me rock and Shaka Khan, let me rock and your soul. Did you know that Shaka Smart, he grew his hair back? Like, do you remember when he was just bald and he was shaving his head and he had that whole look going? Have you ever seen that he, like, grew his all his hair back? Who does that? Do, like... Do people actually do that? They go bald and then they, uh, or they, or they shave their head intentionally and then, and and rock the bald like Kojak look for you know several years, maybe five year run, and then you go back to hair. Have you ever seen anybody do that? No, not usually. Usually, when you go, you know, with the whole shaved head like he was doing, it's usually because you know you got a bald spot, you're losing it, and you're like, forget it. I'm not going to try to you know cover it up or anything. I'm just going to take it all off. And go with that look, but now I've, yeah, I noticed that earlier in the season when I saw him playing in Texas, playing you know him getting the the hair grown back. It's kind of uh, strange. It makes him look a lot younger. You know, he looked older with the bald head. Now he looks younger with the the hair grown back. Maybe it was that you know he survived Virginia kind of by all his military bases, so he went with like shaved head, and now he's in Texas and let it go out. Wow, because I, I just couldn't even believe uh, they bricked at the buzzer and missed, and Texas Tech wins the game, seventy nine seventy seven. They had a look. Uh, he just missed it. He flat out missed it. He, he uh, Ramey shot it, and he just hit the backboard and, and got no. Run. What you hurt my? It was no, uh-uh. no good. It was just a terrible shot, is what it was. No, uh-uh. no good. You lose. You had it all, and then you lose. You had it going. You had a chance. They inbounded it, and then you lose. So they get it to Ramey. Ramey gets it at his own end. Goes over to half court. He shoots about a thirty footer. Uh, Steph Curry range, and it was all glass and brick city. So they had the chance, but they lose. Big win for Texas Tech on the road in Austin over Shaka's Longhorns. And uh, how about that now? They got Shaka and they got uh, Sarkeesian as the football coach now in Austin. And he says they're still going to sing the fight song, uh, Pride of Texas or whatever the hell it's called. Shaka and uh, the Shark. There you go. What's that? 
Shaka and the Shark. Yeah, right? Shock and the Shark. It sounds like a drink or something. Uh, Vancouver and Edmonton, 1-1. There's eight minutes left in the second. Edmonton's on the power play right now. Horvat scored first. Canucks led it one nothing, And then Yamamoto scored to tie it up for the Oilers from Dreisaitl at 5.39 of the second period. So there you go. Uh, Canucks, Oilers, 1-1. In the second, eight left. Oilers on the power play. Blues after one, up 2-1 on the Avalanche in Colorado. Flyers beat the Penguins 6-3. Leafs in overtime on a Riley goal, beat the Canadians 5-4. And the Stanley Cup champion Lightning 5-1 over the Blackhawks. All right, Mafia. So I know that uh, you're stoked for the divisional football games. This weekend, Saturday a pair, Sunday a pair. It is on. And uh, the cream always rises. These are all very good teams. Of course, Saturday, the Rams and Packers at Lambeau. Green Bay laying six and a half. That's the first game at 435 Eastern. Ravens-Bills at 815 Eastern Saturday night. Buffalo's laying two and a half. And... Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson in the B-Low. Sounds good. It might snow. 40% chance of snow. Jackson says he's never played in snow in his life. He said he was at Louisville. They had snow, and he got in a snowball fight, but he didn't play in it. Sunday, 3.05 Eastern at Arrowhead. The Super Bowl champion Chiefs take on the Cleveland Browns, fresh off their spanking of the Steelers. Chiefs laying 10. It's sat at 10 since the jump. And then at 6.40, the nightcap, Sunday night, a divisional war. For the third time, they'll meet Tom Brady and the Bucks go to Bourbon Street to take on Drew Brees and the Saints. New Orleans laying three to Tampa. New Orleans beat them twice in the regular season. Bruce Arians was saying... Those games were early. It didn't matter. I mean, we're late season now. We're in the playoffs. We're a different football team now. I don't know if you're buying any of that. So here's the deal. The Packers are 13-3. and Rams 10-6. and Bills are 13-3. and Ravens are 11-5. and The Chiefs are 14-2. and The Browns are 11-5. and And the Saints are 12-4. and And the Bucks. 11 and 5. That was on the season, right? So here we are. We saw what happened uh, in the wild card weekend. The Bills got by the Colts 27 24. The Rams beat the Seahawks 30 to 20 in Seattle. The Bucks got by Washington. Heineke had a great game for Washington 31 23. Bucks get by. They pushed at minus eight. Then Sunday, the Browns, of course, late night, 48-37, the last game, beat the Steelers. The Ravens and Titans were the first game Sunday, 20-13 Ravens. Lamar got it done, his first playoff win. And then the Saints beat the Bears 21-9. They got the last play at a game touchdown out of Graham, a one-handed catch in the end zone. Otherwise... Uh, it would have been uh, 21-3. The Saints basically kicked their ass. But what I'm saying is 
on this season, record-wise, cream always rises. These are the best teams. The Packers, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Saints. That's all there is to it. The Steelers had won 12 games, but they got their ass beat. So when you look at these games, obviously, at some level, you have to say, who's better? Who's better? Who's a better team? Who had a better record? Who had a better season? Who's better in big games? Anyway, let's listen to, uh, you know, going into this Buffalo game. I think that's going to be a great game. Lamar Jackson says that he's been more aggressive since coming back from the COVID. Remember, he was out. Just um, my mindset, um, just, you know, attacking the game more, being more aggressive. You know, um, I would say at the beginning of the season, um, beginning of the season I was um, conservative a lot, you know, just standing back uh, and getting sacked a lot more, you know. But, you know, as the season went on, you know, things break down. Um, my first read not there, second read is not there. You know, I take advantage of what the defense gives me. Um, that's pretty much the, the biggest thing. And, you know, we've just been finishing. Like all around on the whole offense, whole defense, uh, special teams, you know, all of us just been finishing. So that's part of the biggest thing about, you know, just coming back from quarantine. The whole team is just dialed in right now. And he's dialed in. I thought he looked great against the Titans in Smashville. That run he had for a touchdown from midfield was sickening. But Josh Allen, I got to tell you, I think, you know, I, I don't deny Lamar's great. He's got all kinds of great instincts, ankle breaker, guy does it all. I'm not a fan of him throwing the football, but I am a fan of Josh Allen throwing the football, and I am a fan of Josh Allen running the football. He's like beast mode when he runs the football, there's no doubt. And, um, you know, he's talking here about how, uh, you know, they've learned how, uh, he, at least he has, how to be a, a playoff quarterback, and he said he, he basically uh, caught up on it last week. I think it just kind of reiterated that whole point, um, starting off slow and just kind of trying to find our groove, getting to a groove, not trying to get too high, not trying to get too low, just sticking with the game plan and, and just trying to go out there and execute every given play call. And like I said, not get ourselves in great possession or great positions uh, every every play, but try to get us out of the bad situations that we have. And, um, you know, our team did a good job of that. Uh, this last week, our defense played lights out. Uh, we didn't turn the ball over, which is which is key. You know, there was one opportunity where, where they had, but Darrell Williams got on top of it, and uh, really, in my opinion, that's the play of the game. So just, again, the, the field position, ball security type aspect of the game is huge in these playoff games because every, every possession counts. Listen, uh, I thought he got it done. That was a tough game with the Colts, and, and he got it done. That's all there is to it. Remember last year – they went down to Houston. They led 16 nothing, and they lost that game, and he basically screwed it up. So the fact that a year later he had the type of season that he had, winning 13 games and, and setting completion records and touchdown records and ran the ball just out of the stadium, no one could stop him. I thought he had the greatest leap from year to year of any quarterback or any player in the league. We already know how great Patrick Mahomes is. No one puts Josh Allen on that type of fireplace, uh, you know, up on the ledge. They don't give him that kind of juice. But this year, I thought he earned it. I thought he deserves uh, that kind of, you know, love from everyone, fans, media alike. I think he's been incredible. When we come back... We'll hear from uh, Aaron Rodgers and even uh, Sean McVay, who's taking on his buddy LaFleur. It's Pharrell on a bench on Sports Grid Radio. 
only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. So uh, the Clippers are up 75-62 on the Pelicans. Now another bucket. Uh, 75-64. They're down uh, 11, the Pels, in uh, Staples in Lipstick City. And then the Kings are up 94-78 on the Blazers with 540 left in the third at the Golden One in Sacramento. So the Kings are up. And the Clippers are up. Now, going back uh, to the football and the divisionals this weekend, we know the deal. Rams going to Lambeau. We know Donald's got the ribs. Can Ramsey and Donald and that defense do what they did in Seattle in Lambeau in Green Bay? Can they do it? First, let's hear from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He thinks they're both hot, both teams. It is often the teams that get the hottest that that, uh, that win uh, in the playoffs. We're coming off, obviously, a big winning streak. The Rams had an important play-in game in Week 17. Uh, we had a game uh, with a lot to play for the, the one seed as well. So uh, they went to Seattle, played a familiar opponent, played really, really well. And, you know, they're coming in with uh, the confidence that they should have. And we're coming in with the confidence uh, as well. The season that we've had and what we believe we're capable of. And then, like I mentioned earlier, it just comes down to execution at that point. You know, in those in those upsets, we were on the good side. We definitely got off to a, a decent start. And then, you know, we were very good in uh, situational offense, uh, touchdowns in the red zone and, and really good on third down. And he's a badass, and you know what's going to happen uh, in this game. He's going to do his thing. I don't think uh, he's dumb enough to throw at Ramsey. He's going to throw all over the place. We already know Ramsey, what he's going to do with Adams. It's going to be a problem for Adams. So they're going to have to uh, do other things and go other directions, even pound the ball a little bit, see if they can run against that Rams defense. That Rams D is no joke at all. Uh, and even, you know, Green Bay's D isn't bad. Sean McVay's talking about that Green Bay defense, that they're no longer the weak link of the team. Here's McVay. They played really well as of late. Um, you know, they do a great job. They've got a really physical front. Um, I think they're doing an excellent job really on all three levels. They play hard, mix up some of their personnel groupings. And so um, you look at the way they've played against some really good offenses later on in the year. You know, Chicago was really rolling. They really stopped them uh, in their last game. Tennessee was one of the better offenses in the league, and they did an excellent job really slowing them down at their place in a big Sunday night win. And so uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Um, you know, they're the, they're the number one seed and uh, won 13 games for a reason, and, and I think that's a reflection of a great team. All right, so on Sunday, uh, we get to watch the Chiefs and see what they do. Can they handle – the 10 that they're laying to Cleveland. Will Baker Mayfield and the Browns play like they did against Pittsburgh? Now, remember, Pittsburgh not only snapped the ball pouncy over Roethlisberger's head, but then Roethlisberger started throwing picks one after the next. He had four of them. He threw for 501 yards. Didn't matter. Four touchdowns. Didn't matter. Nothing matters when you throw four picks. And the game started with that snap over his head, and you knew it was going to be a long night. 
Can Cleveland play that kind of football or get lucky like they did with all those turnovers and easy points? They were up 28 nothing. Can they do that against Kansas City? And most people doubt it. Here's Andy Reid talking about uh, the Browns coach, Stefanski's done a hell of a job with the Browns. Listen, defensively, I mean, their their front is, is really their front seven is is tough. They, they fly around, make a lot of plays, and their back end does the same thing. I mean, they're they're going to challenge you, and so you've got to you know you got to be be ready to go. And they've gotten better, likewise, uh, just as the offense has uh, throughout the season. So you know, Stefanski's done he's done a heck of a job there, man. I mean, it's uh, what a great job he has, he's done putting the, this whole thing together and putting guys in the right position. So, and it didn't take him very long to figure out who could do what, which is a compliment to both him and his staff. So they've, uh, and really on both sides of the ball. So. Look, I think the Browns have had a great season. I've said it a million times on this show and on coast to coast on sports grid TV, uh, that, you know, Baker Mayfield has grown up a lot. I thought Landry played well coming off injuries. Odell got injured. Guys like, uh, you know, Peoples-Jones, they all stepped up. And I think they've, uh, you know, played terrifically. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen the Browns look this good in the longest time. It's not even funny. I'm not surprised uh, that they beat the Steelers. Uh, I'm surprised the way the Steelers melted down like an ice cream cone. That's what surprised me. But I knew Cleveland was tough. I knew that it could have been a problem with Cleveland even though Roethlisberger had owned him in his career. All that stuff goes out the window when you start making all those gigantic mistakes. That's all there is to it. So we'll see how badass they are against the Super Bowl champs. We'll see how badass they are against Patrick Mahomes and that offense that can score at the snap of a finger. Uh, That's why they won the Super Bowl. They were down 10 in that Super Bowl, and then, boom, they just took it from them. So we'll see what kind of offense they look like after – you know, resting in week 17 and then having a bye, what are the Chiefs going to look like? Because, you know, the Browns are as confident as any team could be on the face of the earth right now. As for the Bucks and Saints, the Saints kicked their ass twice. We know that. And, you know, bottom line is Bruce Arians uh, knows how tough Breeze is. He knows how tough the you know, Saints are. They've lost to him twice. Here's the head coach of the Bucks, Bruce Arians. The ball comes out of his hands so quickly. It's it's hard. You can get your hands up and uh, and maybe bat some balls around. But, uh, you know, I thought the Bears did a really good job of uh, containing him other than that first drive where they played play on his zone. But, uh, you know, they, uh, they've got so many weapons and, He's, he knows where that ball is going by the time his back foot hits. So if you're going to get them, you better get him there free. Well, we'll see. Uh, he looks good. I got to tell you, you know, I've heard all this. I can take about how old they are. We know they're old. But the weird thing for me is I think Breeze looks a lot older in his uniform and in his helmet than, than Brady does. I think Brady still looks like he can sling it and then – Obviously, Breeze can as well, but when Breeze is out there, he really, like, when you look at him in his helmet, he just looks like it's over, like he's old and it's the end of the road. And then when they do the games, everybody's always talking about this could be the last year. And when they were playing the Bears, this could be the last game. So it's like they're, uh, you know, whisking him out the door already. I'm not sure he's done. 
Maybe he wants to call it a day after all these years. Maybe he just wants to raise all those boys he's got and kids and chill with his wife and, and do the family thing. Who knows? He hasn't said if he's quitting. But, uh, you know, it's weird. They beat him twice. Sheldon Rankins, the Saints D lineman, says uh, it's really tough to beat a team three times. Here's Rankins. When you beat a team twice, you know, of course you're confident. You know, but at the same time, um, one, you know, you, you you look over there and you see, you know, you see Tom Brady, you see, you know, the talent they have, and then you understand that at a moment's notice they could score from anywhere and, you know, they could, you know, uh, make big plays for their team. Uh, and then you also understand not only hard to beat a team once, extremely hard to beat a team twice, and then it's even harder to beat a team three times. You know, I think Carver High told me today uh, off air that there's some kind of trend of like literally the teams that have been in this situation that have beaten a team twice and then met them a third time in the playoffs. I think he told me some crazy number like 12 out of 16 times they won the third game too. I don't know if that's exact, that that number, but he gave me some staggering number. I can't remember what it was. That the team that won two finished it off and, and had the trifecta. They got it done a third time. So I'm hearing late uh, tonight that they're finalizing this deal, allegedly, Alabama with former Texans coach Bill O'Brien to be the next offensive coordinator and replace Sarkeesian. We had mentioned it on Coast to Coast, I think Tuesday, that he was in line for it, that he was talking about doing it, but it looks like um, it's going to happen. Anyway, I'm, I'm looking at this story late night here, Mafia. Dana White says the UFC is looking into John Hopkins' study on psychedelic drugs as potential therapy for fighters. What the hell is that about? Are all the fighters going to start doing... Uh, LSD and mushrooms and Molly. I mean, what, what is that about? Well, you know, they just had the, the Real Sports report on that about a week or two ago. Where they were talking with the different players in all different sports. They had Kerry Rose, the former Jet Safety. They had, uh, I think it was uh, Carcillo, the former you know NHL enforcer, who's like in Peru or something like that, doing you know these kind of things now to, to help fix all their injuries you know, to their head that they took over the years. And then they had a big spot in there with uh, your boy Uncle Creepy, Ian McCall, doing the same kind of thing in like a, you know, controlled area with these shamans or whatever. And he brought uh, the former like badass Dean Lister in there. And this guy was doing like 30 beers a day, pills like crazy because of all the pain and stuff he was going through. And they say like, when you go through these experiences, these trips, like it kind of just like overloads your brain and, and resets it. And, you know, he, ever since then he stopped drinking and he's been doing things, you know, the right way apparently. So I guess that's something that they're starting to look into more, just like these other drugs that they've talked about marijuana and stuff to, you know, help these guys with head injuries and stuff after these contact sports, after their careers are done. So what do you think, Mafia? Are, like, are we going to start doing shrooms? <laughs> are we going to? Because we've, I mean, I've been punched in the face a lot playing basketball. Uh, do you think we should uh, start tripping? Yeah, you know, there was, I went to like a chiropractor like two years ago, and he's like, well, how many concussions have you had? I'm like, uh, diagnosed, probably three. Others, uh, probably ten. I don't know. So maybe that would work for me. You know, I never did shrooms. That was one thing I never got. I never got to do that trip. So I'm up for trying it. Listen, you don't want to get me started on talking about my days uh, at Indiana uh, partying in that fraternity. I, I can tell you right now, I did those things a thousand times. 
I mean, I, it was the greatest thing ever. I, I got to be honest. We used to go out on the, like, there was this, uh, you know, main drag in Bloomington where all the action was. And I lived, like, off campus at this at this house right on the main street. And it was very busy. Uh, a lot of traffic, the cars going. Like, Bloomington's got, like, three 350,000 people that live there. And then, you know, 40,000 of them are at IU. And uh, we used to... <laughs> We used to do them and go sit out on this ledge and have cars drive at us all night long. And, I mean, the road was right next to the house. So, literally, it was like you could reach out and grab the cars. And imagine sitting there for eight hours tripping, doing doing it with cars driving. Hey, first of all, the lights. Like, we gave them up when we started living like freaky beatniks. That was the way we talked when we were on shrooms. I have to tell you, uh, Mike Hart is the uh, coach. He was a, a running backs coach at Indiana. Uh, did a great job at IU. Played at Michigan. He's going back to Michigan to coach for Harbaugh, the running backs. And um, I know Mike. I played ball with him uh, for like a year. I played ball with this guy all the time. And I mean to tell you, this cat was explosive as all hell, faster than lightning, great running back at Michigan. He's a Michigan man. He goes back to Ann Arbor to work for Harbaugh. But it was funny. I saw he got this job today, and I remember balling with him a thousand times. The guy uh, was a great basketball player. All right, great job, Mafia. Uh, Sports Rage next with our boy Marenzi. I'll see you tomorrow at 4 Eastern on Coast to Coast. It must have put some uh, mushroom caps in my beverage because I thought the show was over. He's like, no, you still got to keep going. I'm like, oh, I'm tripping. He's like, I know. I put some caps in your drink. Clippers are up 85-77 on the Pelicans with 10 and a half left. And how about this? The Blazers came all the way back. Kings are only up one right now with eight and a half to go. The Golden One in Sacramento, 112-111. A wild game going on there between the Blazers and Kings. Tomorrow, NBA Heat Sixers again. Remember they had that crazy overtime game, 137-134 the other night that Philly won and JoJo had 45-14. and 14. Uh... Hornets Raptors in Tampa. Toronto's laying eight. Rockets Spurs in San Antonio. That one's on TNT. You know they're going to be talking about Harden leaving there. Warriors Nuggets tomorrow night in Denver. Denver laying five. Pacers Blazers no line yet because the Blazers are playing right now. As for uh, tomorrow, there's 10 NHL games at least. By the way, Canucks up 2-1 on the Oilers now. Blues still up 2-1 on the Avs. Both of those in the second on Thursday, you got Caps, Sabres, Bruins, Devils, Islanders, Rangers at the Garden. And then uh, Canes, Wings in Detroit, Blue Jackets, Predators in Smashville, Flames, Jets in Peg, Canucks, Oilers again, Sharks, Coyotes in the Desert, Ducks, Vegas in Sin City, and Wild and Kings in Lipstick City in Los Angeles. And then as far as College Rack tomorrow, Purdue in Indiana and Bloomington, Indiana favored by three. Uh, there's all kinds of good games in College Rack on Thursday. So we'll be all over that on Coast to Coast tomorrow. We'll break a lot of it down for you. Uh, but some of the other good games, Cal in Colorado, Stanford, Utah, Washington State, and UCLA going to play. 
And uh, just to name a few, Houston, uh, South Florida just got postponed. That's a drag. Pepperdine and Gonzaga. So we'll be all over college rack, NBA, NHL tomorrow night as well. I'll see you on the bench. See you tomorrow on Coast to Coast. Great job, Mafia Sports Rage Snack. Peace.